Coming up on today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, I'm going to give you my John Gruden take on his fallout as he is now out as the Raiders head coach. Lamar Jackson, a pocket passer. I'm going to go over that historic Monday Night Football performance. Give you my marquee matchups this week in the NFL. And my buddy Ben Simmons reporting to camp. Let's get it going. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. It's a beautiful Wednesday and the podcast is booming. I just want to take a second to uh, thank everybody who listened to the last episode on Monday. Uh, we're back, yes, Monday and Wednesday, streaming on all platforms. So I appreciate everyone checking out the last episode. Hope you all are checking this one out too and the more to come. It's been great. And website, fuelyheatentertainment.com is FTAG. Dot com. So be sure to check out that website too. Let's keep it growing. Let's keep it going. Appreciate the love. Uh, today, got a little bit of topics for you. A lot of it has to do with a fallout. In the first topic, anyway, it's the fallout of John Gruden. I'll give you my take on this. And I just want to kind of keep this one a little bit short. Like, obviously, with the old racial thing, slurs and comments he made in emails, he is out. As Raiders head coach, he resigned, but basically, you know, he's fired. Pushed him out the door. And I got a little bit of a problem with it. I got, obviously, you know, I don't condone the words and everything that was said. I'm going to make that very clear. But I just think the NFL pushed this hard. How do the emails leak so quick like that? The first email came up. He apologized, made a mistake. You know, he said what he said. Then he coaches Sunday's game. And then all of a sudden, all of them come out. Supposedly 650,000 emails have been reviewed from team him and how he got the Washington football team with GM at the time, Bruce Allen, and their conversations they had with one another. Yes, he used some slurs in there, I guess. Um... And use some what was it, gay slurs, I guess. Talking about Jeff Fisher and how he drafted Michael Sam and whatnot when he was head coach at the Rams. So obviously we don't condone and have want this type of thing to be out there. But my thing is this, when it really comes down to it, the NFL said, Mark Davis, the owner, you didn't go and do anything about it. Now everybody has it. Wall Street Journal, New York Post publishes the article. And next thing you know, he's, he's out. The Buccaneers have removed him from the Ring of Honor already, too. They have announced that. The Glazer family announced that here recently. The problem I really have with all of it is, is that he's not the only one. You know, a lot of his players came out and spoke highly of him. He's been in the NFL for years. 30 years as a coach? Over? And you're t- if this was a player, would he be released and oust from the NFL? You know, black, white, Puerto Rican, Mexican, like purple, red, pink. I don't think it matters 
way the color of your skin is. Because I guarantee you, you're going to find a lot more emails, text messages. You start digging. It's not just going to be white coaches or white owners. It's not just going to be in terms of the staff. Roger Goodell, let's leak his emails and see if he has any vulgar language or saying something about somebody through them. I guarantee you he does. The players, you're telling, you're telling me amongst themselves, if, if the player did this, will he be out of the job? We bring back players that have murdered people in the NFL. They've allowed to be played in the NFL. Remember that Dante Stallworth story? We also have people that have beaten women alive on camera. Welcome back and making millions of dollars in the NFL. A white head coach says a few words and he's automatically the most despicable human being alive. And that's my kind of problem with it. He will never be allowed back in the NFL probably ever. He's done. He won't get an announcing job probably ever. He's done. He's ousted. Like, John Green was one of the great coaches that we've seen in this league. He was one of the best commentators there on Monday Night Football for years. You look forward to hearing him. You're telling me a guy is so racist and so anti this and that, that he's coached a bunch of black men his entire career. The NFL was mostly black, black men. So now he's the biggest despicable racist human being alive. Now you forgot to forgive, forgive and move on. He resigned. He takes it. Responsibility. Okay. Now that be it. It's just not ridiculing, man. Because I guarantee you, there's a lot of people on his own coaching staff, too, at the Raiders that probably be saying the same things. Could be. It's a possibility. I bet you there's some players in that locker room that said a lot of things probably towards him. That pretty damn vulgar. And maybe racist in itself, but they're not going to get in trouble about it. So, the slope here is the cancel culture, and then it's not really cancel culture. I don't know if I want to put that in here with this, but it happens a lot more often in the NFL than probably any other sport in America. But like. It's just, come on. It's not this. It's not this one person. The players, the things they say on the field to one another. It's the same kind of language. So he attacked Demore Smith, the NFLPA guy. He attacked Roger Goodell. Like who hasn't? But that's just the problem I have. Hey, we respect him. For coming out and apologizing. Respect him for resigning. 
doesn't want to be a distraction for that football team, let's all move on. Because I think there's a lot more inside that Washington football team organization too when it came to degrading women within that organization. Now all the spotlight is on John Gruden. The NFL leaked those emails. They wanted to push this agenda, in my opinion, too. They're being a little shady about it on that side. But I guarantee you there's a lot of people uh, higher up in that NFL rooms, like a Roger Goodell, that have say, said some very vulgar things, and that ever gets out. NFL is in trouble. NFL has hidden a lot of things over the years in terms of what organizations, top people in the NFL, and even try to hide some of the players and what they've done. But meanwhile, you can sit here and beat the crap out of a woman. Player can beat the crap out of a woman, knock him out, but still play in the league. Still be claimed and have a job within days. So that's the way this has kind of come out. It needs to work a lot more than how it is um, with just John Gruden. I watched John Gruden for years here in Tampa when he was the coach. I watched him for years on Monday Night Football. Like, I don't think the guys are racist, but that's my take on that. So, let's get on to the next topic here. And it's all about my buddy, my favorite basketball player in the NBA, Ben Simmons. My guy, my Philly Sixers, Philadelphia. City of brotherly love. The Sixers are this abdomen about bringing them back. They Elton, he met with Elton Brand. He's met with Doc Rivers. He's meeting with all the top guys there. Like, listen, you know, you may not want to forfeit that millions and millions of dollars now that he's thinking about it. He made his reports. The truth is with all this, nobody wants you, Ben. Nobody wants you. Nobody is going to trade all these people for you. You're stuck. Your contract's ridiculous. Four year, what is it? Like four year, hundred and freaking like $50 million or something. It's going to be left. Like, it's crazy. Nobody wants that contract for a guy who doesn't want to play. For a guy who doesn't want to shoot. For a guy who quits. The fans have called you out. They're trading F Ben Simmons. During the, what was it, during the UFC? Is that what I heard that? I was wrestling, wrestling? Like, they don't like you. Your welcome is not, you're not welcomed. It's past. I don't understand why he all of a sudden is trying to meet. We got to get a trade workout. We got to find out a way to tear up this contract. Like, I don't know what the, Daryl Moore, what are you going to do? Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid does not need him as a teammate. They need to trade this guy. Philly, stop wanting this man back on your team. I don't care if he's still young. I don't care if he's willing to change. I'm tired of seeing him in the gym year after year after year, swishing three-pointers and taking jump shots in the gym when no one's guarding him. And this, he never... uh. Never shoots it in the game. He doesn't even shoot a layup or a dunk. And what is these fake videos, man? Why you gotta look, try to look good in these gym where you're playing against like high school kids or something and you're like 10 feet tall. <laughs> like Ben Simmons, 
I wouldn't want him as a teammate. Joel and B is trying to backtrack, saying, call him out. It's going to be a lot more. Being, if he is a sixer, if he puts on a sixer uniform this year and he goes out there and makes like well, the littlest mistake, <laughs> it's over. I mean, if he just dribbles the ball out of bounds throwing one possession, or if he throws the ball away, or if he misses a shot, even if it is a three-pointer, he misses it. I don't know if the fans and the people are going to have the patience anymore. you got to move on from the guy. Doc Rivers, stop wanting him back. Daryl Morey, stop wanting him back. Elton Brand, stop wanting him back. Dump him. I'd say I wanted to trade a box of crayons for this guy. And I wouldn't. Can't believe he reports. Can't believe he sat he sat down with the big guys this week. Ben Simmons. You're done, Philly. Don't put on that uniform. You're gonna get trash. You're gonna get dogged. People don't respect you unless you come out. The only way? he does put on that uniform, he just comes out and just shooting lights out. I'm talking about draining like three, four, three pointers in a row, dunking on people's faces and stuff. That's how he's going to have to play to get his respect back. Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about that historic Monday Night Football performance. The Ravens are down 25-9. to nine. In the fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson touchdown, two-point conversion, touchdown, two-point conversion. Mark Andrews had a lot to do with it as he got 11 kicks for 147 yards, a couple touchdowns to help Lamar Jackson. But this man put the team on his back, no. 442 yards, four touchdowns. He was 37 of 43. He only missed six times. Lamar Jackson's now a pocket passer? A lot of it happened in the pocket. Marquise Brown hit him a few times on some big plays and a touchdown to win it in overtime, 31-25. Like, the Colts, I mean, if Blankenship hits a field goal, we wouldn't really be talking about that impressive performance, but Lamar Jackson was showing that he could throw the ball in the pocket. Is it time to finally pay respect to the man that he can be that type of quarterback and not just a man that's fast and can outrun you and gets all those crazy rushing yards? Can this win propel him? And I think it can. They now move to 4-1 on the year. They've struggled a little bit this year in games that you thought they could win pretty handily. They struggled in the opener against the Raiders. Uh, they struggled against the Detroit Lions. They had that maybe the crazy kick that Justin Tucker set an NFL record on to beat the Detroit Lions just a couple games ago. So the team has not looked great in every week. Their defense is a concern right now. They're not playing very well at all, especially in the passing game. They'll have a lot of yards in the passing game. But it mattered most. I think this type of win is going to propel them. Because Clias Campbell has some insane plays there too for Baltimore where he gets the sack, stop, and then he stops Jonathan Taylor in the backfield and he blocks a kick. Like Clias Campbell and that team got pumped up real quick. And Lamar came to show up. 
It was a party in Baltimore after the game of this. And I got to get in respect. Lamar Jackson, he's going to obviously enter the MVP candidate candidacy right now, too. That's a lights-out performance. Now, Indianapolis Colts are not very good. <laughs> like, I keep saying they're not very good. This is not very good. This is not. The Colts are on a very good team. But to do this, to see him actually make those throws, because he's always been a little bit of accuracy concerns when he's in the pocket. And even to start off in that game, he missed Mark Andrews. You're like, got to complete that pass right there. And then he just goes on a tear. This is going to help propel Lamar Jackson. We've seen he could do it. They have the weapons. The running game, despite losing running back after running back after running back, they're still going to run the ball on you with that committee. Hollywood Brown. Got Sammy Watkins. Got Rashad Bateman, the rookie, coming back. He's going to get in some game action here soon. Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the game. He's right there to me with George Kittle and um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Okay, we almost forgot this Donovan. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Mark Andrews. Those are the Darren Waller you can kind of throw in there too, but Mark Andrews is better. He's like right there with Kittle and Kelsey. He's a fantastic tight end. Mark Jackson, security blanket. That's who he needs to go to. That's who he went to down the stretch too for those two-point conversions. And those touchdowns, like, but it's time to finally respect this man. Lamar Jackson is that guy. I got to give him the credit. And I think this is going to help propel Baltimore Ravens to make a serious run in the AFC. That's the type of victory you need to do that. And I'm looking forward to this team, like, how it's coming in the coming weeks. Lamar Jackson is that guy. Yes, it is that time now for your marquee matchups of the week for NFL Week 6. I got a couple of them for you guys this week. First one I'm getting into, we hinted a little bit. We started talking about Lamar Jackson. It is the Los Angeles Chargers, Chargers at the Baltimore Ravens. One of the most intriguing matchups, Justin Herbert going up against Lamar Jackson. Chargers are 4-1 in the year. Ravens are 4-1 in the year. These two AFC teams, it's, I can't wait to see the game. Uh, they both play pretty well. They've had a little bit of up and downs a little bit. Chargers have lost to the Cowboys. Ravens coming off that impressive Monday night football performance. Marquee matchup. Remember, I was hinting, to, hitting on it. Ravens, this could, that win on Monday night could help propel them. And if they beat the Chargers this week, time to take them serious. Big time. In the AFC. But we're going to get into some things here. Justin Herbert, he has 1,576 yards on the year, 13 TDs, three picks. Lamar Jackson's got 1,519 now, up <laughs> that 400 plus one on Monday. Eight TDs, three picks. Of course, you know he's the main runner right now for Baltimore, too. And that is going to play into their strengths. Here's some key facts into the game. The Chargers defense is not very good against the run. At all this year. They're giving up over 157 yards a game. What do the Ravens do best? Run the football. So that's going to be a key part of the game. Chargers defense are going to be able to stop the run 
enough to hold Lamar Jackson and that running back committee in check. Now the Ravens' defense gives up a lot of passing yards this year. You know, they were without Marcus Peters because he tore his ACL in camp. That's where secondary is showing a lot of injuries there too. They're giving up 315 yards in passing a game. Near the end of the list, like, what do the Chargers do best? They throw the ball. Justin Herbert, Eckler out of the backfield. You got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You also got Jared Cook, the tight end, who's, who's one of the most underrated signings, a classy veteran to fill in that tight end hole there by letting, when you let Hunter Henry go. They've improved in the draft. They signed free agents to come get on that offensive line. Chargers, Justin Herbert is the real deal. The L.A. Chargers were my pick to come out of the AFC. So I got to ride with them. But that's the big-time matchup, one of the marquee matchups I have this week. And this is going to be a tough game. If I had to pick, I got to still roll with my Justin Herbert and Chargers. But I don't know if I'm that confident because I think the Baltimore Ravens with that Monday night game, they're at home again. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to come out with this victory at home. But I really want my Chargers and Justin Herbert to ball out. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad if they win. But I have to kind of, I think the momentum, even though the Chargers came off a crazy victory too, against the Browns in that shootout at home. In L.A., 47-42, so they came out on top. They're making these plays. They're making key fourth down in the fourth quarter. So they're just going for it. Brandon Staley, their head coach, is just letting the offense fly. He's bringing that different philosophy, and this is just working. So the Chargers are coming off a very very high game, too, against Cleveland and beating them. So now I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. <laughs> it's... I'm the, uh, I made a switch already on there. Uh, I'm going to stick with them this time. I'm, I'm going to stick with Baltimore. I think their victory kind of helps propel them more. Cause they're at home too. I'm not going to flip it. I'm not flip-flopping it. But I'm not going to be mad, like I said. <laughs> All right. Now, the other marquee matchup I have for Sunday is the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. Yes, it's 2021. And we're talking about a marquee matchup of Arizona Cardinals of Cleveland Browns because these franchises have turned themselves around. Cardinals are undefeated. The only undefeated team left, 5-0. Browns, 3-2. Their two losses have come against the Chiefs and the Chargers in the fourth quarter. They couldn't hold on to the, to, you know, for victory. And they just, Baker Mayfield in those clutch moments just can't keep the team on the field or score again. So that's going to be intriguing here. Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield. Now, Browns haven't lost two in a row under Kevin Stefanski since he's taken over as head coach. That very well could be a possibility this week. Can Odell Beckham get in the game? We know he's coming back from the ACL injury. He's pretty much been a non-factor since he's came back. Maybe it's time now that he turns it on and gets that going. And get more involved in the game. Now, the Browns, Cardinals are very bad against the run. <laughs> they are without Chandler Jones, they've announced now, too, for the game. Browns, what do they do best? Run the football, those two-headed monsters, and Chubb and Kareem Hunt. 
They're averaging over 187 yards a game rushing the football. So that's going to be an intriguing highlight. Can Arizona's defense stop the Browns from running the football? So, and can the Browns just get OBJ involved? Uh, so that's one of the intriguing matchups, my marquee matchup. Kyler Murray's been in this MVP form. Lights out. Can he keep it going? That connection with him and D-Hop has been incredible so far this year. You know, uh, and Kyler Murray's another one. Just like Lamar Jackson, we think they're just mobile guys, got to run around, use their legs a lot. But Kyler Murray this year has shown that he's a pocket passer. He's throwing a lot from the pocket, believe it or not. And that's one part of his game he's really improved on. Cliff Kingsbury's getting the play calling a little bit better this year. You got to try and sustain drives and have balance, Cliff. Look at you now. You're undefeated, but this is going to be a tough game to go into Cleveland and win. We'll see if they remain undefeated coming out. I guess the Browns, they haven't lost two in a row on Stefanski, and I think the Browns may pull this one out. I'm going to roll with the Cleveland Browns in this game. They're my pick in this marquee matchup. I think with Chubb and Cream Hunt, keep the ball on the ground, keep Kyler Murray and the offense off the field, get some, get a couple, you know, three and outs on them, and I think your team would be all right. Um, Cardinals struggled a little bit last week. You know, they only scored 17 against San Francisco, and they had Trey Lance making their his first career start. So we'll see what happens here. Can Baker finally? Come up clutch in the fourth quarter? I think you can. I like Cleveland in this game. Miles Garrett getting some pass rush on Kyle Murray. It'd be key as well. One more roll of Cleveland. And because I don't think they're going to lose two in a row. I think they're going to keep that streak kind of alive. Bouncing back after a loss. And that's going to wrap up today's episode. I want to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the crew with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. We're available every Monday and Wednesday on all streaming platforms. Be sure to check out the official website at feeltheheatentertainment.com. Feeltheheatent.com for the latest news, updates, and things regarding the podcast. And you can stream the podcast on the website, too. Uh, also, check out the full social media networks at feeltheheatent on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for joining me again. See you all Monday.